Living Stones is a weekly conversation about living a truly Catholic life. Deacon Harold Burke Sivers and Ken Hellenius help you deepen your relationship with Christ and His Church, discussing practical ways to grow in faith, participate more fully in the liturgy, and practice charity towards all. Hello and welcome to Living Stones. I'm your co-host, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and I'm joined, as usual, by my friend and my, my compatriot, my amazing co-host, and the man who was the color consultant to the Jolly Green Giant, <laughs> Ken Hellenius. <laughs> Ken, how you doing, brother? I am well. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Green looks good on him, by the way. It so. does, doesn't it? <laughs> In the valley of the Jolly, oh, oh, oh. Green Giant. You know, do you ever really realize that he's like an, it's, he's a huge asparagus? So, and I don't, you know, Julie and I had this wonderful trip once to, to the city of Munich in Germany, and we were there in the fall, and they were in the midst of their asparagus festival, which of course in German is Spargel. So the Spargel festival was taking place and they were selling asparagus in the center of the, like of every street in downtown Munich. So you're walking along beautiful buildings and there's a, a guy selling asparagus. And, and so <laughs> I'm telling you in the Jolly Green Giant, the giant asparagus, he's, he's everywhere. The omnipresent Jolly Green Giant. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Uh, so you had a wonderful uh, Christmas and start to the new year? Christmas and start to the new year. You know, this, of course, uh, is actually already the first week of spring semester for, for our students. So everybody's back. Right. Uh, Christmas was great. Santa found us and dumped a bunch of great stuff down our chimney. Um, you will love this, Deacon. I received, as a gift, a meat slicer. <laughs> That's awesome. I know, right? Now I can wow. do casual oh, for meat you slicing. especially. I know. Yeah. So, meat aficionado as you are. <laughs> so over the holiday break, I actually... I cured some Canadian bacon, which in deference to our friends, our, our good friends in Canada, Canadian bacon is really just glorified ham. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. so I made some Canadian bacon and then I sliced it up on the slicer and we had, we had, uh, we made pizzas with our own Canadian bacon. I'm telling you, this has opened a whole new world for me. Oh, fantastic. Thank you, Santa. Glad to hear that. <laughs> Glad to hear that. Yep. Uh, I received some books. Nice. From Santa. You know, as I, you know, still adding to my voluminous collection of literature <laughs> at home. Did you get and, some good uh, stuff, some good books that we can talk about here? Yeah, I did. Uh, I, well, yeah, Jones? yeah, I did. Yeah, I got, I got a couple of good things. And mostly like some, some weird stuff. Like I'm going through the, uh, the Midrash. Um, oh. uh, you know, of, of the, like the Psalms and things like that. So, so what that is for the listeners, those are uh, like kind of Jewish commentaries on, uh, on the scriptures, yeah, um, kind of like, you know, like we have commentaries on scripture, like the uh, Ignatius uh, study comment Bible study commentary mm-hmm, on the New mm-hmm. Testament, you know. So it's something like that, except it's the Jewish rabbis commenting on different books of the Bible. So it gives got a, some great Jewish background and perspective. Yeah, and these were a lot of them are um, from the what we would think of as the Middle Ages or or late antiquity, correct? So we're talking about like in the first. 600 700 years or or so or? yeah that's right okay that's right well that's really yep. awesome so you say and you're you're focusing on the on the psalms is uh, what you're kind of yeah at? for some I've, I've really been getting into the psalms more but yes and some other books too but i'm, I'm particularly looking interested in the pentateuch uh-huh so the first five books of the bible and the psalms yeah uh, you know i've been uh 
still still keeping up with my Hebrew. So I'm trying to, you know, still plugging along with that and trying to read some things now uh, in the original language, some of the commentary. So wow. it's not easy, but but it's worth it. So sure. yeah, absolutely. And I mean, my, some of those things might find their way into some of my talks, you know, right. kind of moving forward here. So Well, and you've been kind enough to share some of that here, you know, in previous episodes, you know, it's awesome to be able to have that insight in a translation we're we're getting one person's decision about what particular shade of nuance this given word means in the original language translated into english so i know you've talked about this you know the word ruach for example meaning the spirit or the breath i mean there's a lot going on there to say so for the book of genesis to say that the the spirit of the lord moved over the face of the waters it also means the breath of the lord you know and mm-hmm. so then when god breathes his ruach into the um, soil that he has formed into adam he's breathing his spirit his breath all of this you know and so mm-hmm. uh of course i'm not an expert in hebrew but i've heard you say it enough that i picked that much up that's awesome that's awesome oh very good well wonderful well you know uh deacon this is uh the time of year when uh, everybody makes their new year's resolutions right i mean we're we're a couple weeks into the year and so uh you know we've all decided that we're going to lose weight we're going to you know be closer to our family and our friends we're going to we're going to uh spend less time you know on the computer whatever it may be people this is the time of year when we renew ourselves and decide to form better habits and um we thought that, uh, you know, it'd be a great opportunity to bring a friend of ours uh, who has been a great friend of the show in the past, uh, a a very close personal friend of mine here in South Bend, Indiana, a journalist, a a storyteller, um, a fellow podcaster, uh, and uh, a guy that we are just delighted to welcome back, uh, Bill Schmidt. Hello, Bill. Hello. Hello, Hey, Bill. Hi. It's great to be back with you, and yeah, you're valued friends, and I've learned everything I've needed to know about podcasting and <laughs> and uh, speaking in audio rather than word uh, verbal uh, s- sentences uh, from you folks, and uh, uh, the 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 joys of communication abound uh, here. Well, and, thank you. Well, yes. welcome, and we're we're glad you're yeah, with us because you, you know, uh, Bill, you have. Um, been not only a working journalist, but you've also been writing kind of uh, smaller books and things that that um, provide a, much like uh, as Deacon might appreciate this a midrash on uh, a commentary yes. on some of the things that uh, that Pope Francis has been writing over the past couple of years, particularly with regard to what uh, Pope Francis has to say about communications and how we uh, communicate with one another, both in social situations and in, in face-to-face. And, and it's great to, to welcome you back because um, we noticed that uh, you recently wrote a, uh, a commentary, a blog post mm-hmm. on uh, something that the Pope had to say here in the new year uh, about computer screens and phone screens Uh and things like that. And we thought, you know, again, in this time of year when people are thinking about their New Year's resolutions, one of them often is, well, I'm going to interact with people more. I'm going to interact with my family and build tighter relationships. And and the Pope really had something to say about that. And we thought, well, gosh, let's ask Bill what what he said. Well, thank you. Uh, And it was very appropriate to the start of the new year, partly because I loved the way that uh, when he uh, gave his Angelus address in St. Peter's Square 
on the Feast of the Holy Family on December 29th, it was like he was pulling together all of the many things he has been saying in 2019 in various ways about uh, the need to renew communication in general and to uh, guard against the risks of isolation and exclusionary thinking and confirmation bias and what he has called orphanhood, especially among the young people about whom he's especially concerned because the digital world is having these influences on all too many people. And so he started 2020, or at least here on the cusp of the new year uh, in St. Peter's Square. I loved what he said because he gave the young people in the crowd uh, homework, explicitly. He said, let me give you some homework for Holy Family, the Feast of the Holy Family. Now today, uh, when you gather for dinner in your own families, I want you to keep your smartphones away from that table. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't want to see you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to see you chatting with somebody else while your family is communicating and having dinner because uh, the family is at the very heart of community and indeed the holy family uh, Pope Francis raised up as the ultimate model of good communication. He said the, uh, the, the holy family worked and prayed and communicated together and that this very act of open and ongoing and loving communication was exactly what helped them to reciprocally develop a responsiveness and understanding of God's will for that family, which, of course, couldn't have been closer to God's will. Right, right. Wonderful. Uh, now, I hope he would extend that uh, the invitation for the homework to restaurants as well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. Whole entire family sitting there, uh-huh. and everyone's on their phone. Then no one's talking to each other. Yeah, yeah. Like, what is going on here? Yeah, it's really that's, why are you even here then? Right. What's the point? Right, you know, right. Everybody's in their own little uh, thought stream, and their own little world. And uh, now, what, no, Bill, I'm interested. Why? Why do you think that is? See, see for me now, in our generation, Bill. Right. I'm grateful for the phone. I mean, it's, it's a wonderful way to communicate. It makes the world a lot smaller. It really does. Sure. I'm able to communicate with people more frequently, more regularly, uh, more conveniently than ever before. Right. You know, but for me, it's a tool. Exactly. It's a tool. And that's it. That's right. It's not my life. Right. But why, why do you think in this generation... For so many young people, it's really almost like another appendage. It's almost like a third hand, yeah. these phones. Why, why do you think that is? Well, uh, there are many reasons, I'm sure. I think that to some degree, the, the relationship within the family between adult and child has been eroded for social reasons, for the idea of just relativism taking root so early on, and young people through the culture that they're exposed to are encouraged to kind of build their own artificial personal realities. And anything authoritative sounding that their parents might put forth all too early and all too often they might, the kids might see this as an affront or something that they want to 
uh, avoid. It's almost like a symbolic statement. But of course, also, they're exceedingly interested in what their friends are talking about. And the Pope would be very careful to put scare quotes around that term friends, because we all know that, uh, you know, the term friends in Facebook, uh, which is kind of the use of friends among that generation too often, is such a shallow term. That's why we need, uh, the Pope would say, combination of communication, community, and communion in order for this communication to be an actual sharing among friends. And families need to kind of remind each other that we're all in this together. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's really interesting because, you know, you talk about the idea of the world that they create for themselves. Yes. I wonder if some of that also flows out of the fact that for so many years now, the television has been used as a babysitter in a way. And so, you know, generation now has grown up with the idea of a screen being something that opens the world outside of this tiny little room to them. And so now the fact that I can hold that very screen, that view you know, that viewport to the world, I can hold it in my pocket, yes. is very addictive. It's it's addictive. It's a tremendously appealing if they want to think of themselves as global citizens and be part of everything that's uh, exciting precisely because it's global. But I think of the Chesterton quote, didn't he say that uh, the family home is the only thing that's larger on the inside than it is on the outside. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. kids don't don't get that. Yeah. Uh, but Doctor but, Who also says did that Doctor Who about say the that? TARDIS. Oh, my. Yeah, okay. there's See, my that, nerd alert. Sorry. That's very good. <laughs> and that might be a bit of midrash uh, in the uh, most uh, economical yeah. sense <laughs> there. Right. That's a contextual right. yeah. comment. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and what I noticed on, on social media... And it's interesting, the name itself, social media, you see two extremes, at least from my perspective. You see a very shallow social interaction yes. where people are just, oh, look at me, selfie all over the place, look at me, it's all about me, myself, and I. Yes. Um, not very deep. Or you see the other extreme where people are sharing things so personal. I'm like, why are you sharing this with strange? I mean, yikes, man. You know, I mean, so it's it's it's, it's almost like there's no not much middle ground is either one extreme or the other with this social media. And um, it's just disturbing. I mean, I, I sometimes read people say, why did they put that on there? Yeah. I mean, you know, just like intensely personal stuff that you should be talking with your husband or wife about or something like that, not with a bunch of strangers. I mean, I, maybe somebody did, they don't have someone they can uh, a spiritual director or someone they can go deep on these issues. So, but putting it out there for hundreds of people or th- if they share it, thousands of people. Yeah, right. And once it's out there, it can't be pulled back either. Yeah. yeah I, just, right. I don't know. That just, yeah. that just doesn't, I don't know. That just doesn't seem right to me as, as a way of really using social media for therapy in a sense. Indeed. And as a substitute for the parents and uh, at the slight, uh, at the one level higher of a uh, family community, uh, the parish, uh, and the sacra- uh, sacramental life, people are using social media essentially as the sacrament of reconciliation, or they're looking for forgiveness in a sense, or they're looking for for some understanding of things they do. That you know the Paul phenomenon of I do things that I don't really want to do. What's all this about? 
And I think there's a kind of cognitive dissonance going on that they, that they feel is, in a sense, newsworthy and interesting, and it's a story about themselves. But these are stories that they should take back to their families, take back to their parishes, take, and to hold in their hearts and ponder, rather than spurting it out there in 250 Twitter characters. Right. So now, okay, so the idea that the Pope offers is leave the screens, you know, so, right. away from your table at the dinner table. Yes. What else does he have to say uh, in his message? Well, I, uh, one thing that struck me was that he was, uh, to some degree, repeating a message uh, that he gave a few months earlier in 2019 when he spoke to a, uh, the, the student population of a Catholic high school in Rome. And he was even more pointed there where he said that uh, he warned them, uh, do not become addicted to your phones because you will lose your freedom. Uh, so he there too was saying that there's another level of community where if they're addicted to their phones, they're not going to build true friendship, true community with their classmates and with all of the resources faith-wise and otherwise that they can find in their high school communities. And he also talked about this in Christus Vivit, uh, which, as you know, was the apostolic exhortation that followed the Synod on the Youth. Mm -hmm. And while that was not a segment of the uh, exhortation that gained the most uh, publicity, he obviously was concerned uh, that one problem that the Church has to address that's facing these young people is uh, what he described as a, a sense of orphanhood. They're becoming isolated. And when, uh, you know, the idle mind is, the, in this case, the workshop for artificial realities that these kids can get into. And Lord knows that the, uh, the technology uh, that's coming forth is only going to make that easier and more compelling to young people. They can escape into artificial realities. Mm -hmm. And the Pope is rightly concerned about that. And I was thinking about this more, more deeply recently, there really is a truly spiritual dimension to this, to this risk that's fed by digital media of losing touch with reality, losing touch with words, lo uh, the real meaning of words, losing the, the sense of truth. Because ultimately, if we're losing a sense of truth or defining it ourselves, God has every reason to take that personally. Because what did he say? He said, I am the truth. Wow. Right? Yeah, I yeah. am the way, the truth, and the life. And for us to even start thinking that, oh, you know, my social media and my, my clickbaits and all of this stuff, they'll, they'll define the truth for me. Oh, that's so scary because that's pulling away uh, not just from society but from the Lord. Wow. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. You know, and, and one thing that strikes me too is that in a sense we're losing – and not having a community, not having real deep friendships. And as you said, the Pope, uh, the Holy Father saying, you, you lose your freedom. Right. You know, there's also a sense to me that we lose a bit of our humanity as well. You know, and here, here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. Right now, everybody sends emails and texts. In fact, even in schools now, many public schools around the country, kids are no longer learning cursive. Right. So there, there was an interaction. You picked up the pen and you wrote something. And, you know, the, the way you write, your handwriting was almost an extension of you. 
You know, when someone gets a letter, it's your writing. They, they know it's you. There's a you can express certain feelings and emotions now in that letter, in that writing. You know, and and that's very different than sending a text with an emoji at the end of it. Uh, <laughs> amen. It's not the same thing. You know, we lose something even with eBooks. You know, I mean, there's something about the book in your hand, the tactfulness of it, and the turning the pages and the engagement with the author, in a sense. You know, and whereas you know, if you, you a Kindle, whatever is fine, but if the battery dies or then you're done. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we're just not. I just hope that we that we keep some of that alive. Yes. You know, um, that we don't not totally depending. Everything in our life is not dependent upon technology. No, that's right. No, the church is really kind of the last bulwark of, you know, embracing technology fully, and Pope Francis does too, obviously. Uh, but uh, the, the church seems to be the last bulwark of saying uh, technology's fine, but let's go back to incarnational theology and incarnational yeah. yes. faith. That's, that's, where, that's, the, that's right? the word. Yeah, we're engaging all five senses when we read or when we engage in a personal encounter with someone. Yeah. You know, I've, it's funny because I've been thinking about this in terms of one of the great delights for me is to pray the office, uh, the divine office, the liturgy of the hours. Yet it can be very confusing. The book with all the ribbons and, oh, yes. and flipping around. And if you've got a, a feast day with a common and all of these sorts of things. Well, of course, technology can make that a lot easier as well. You know, there's a wonderful app that I use on my phone called iBreviary that right. puts it all in one spot, right? And yet at the same time, the carrying around of the breviary with the ribbons and the flipping around while sitting in the in the church or in a chapel is again as deacon as you were mentioning that tactility the yeah. the movement of the the pages brings also a certain rhythm to the prayer that can't yes. be gotten just by scrolling on a screen yes i i love 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 that ken uh and bill i mean I, I, I imagine this imagine this uh, if and the church would never allow this to happen but i'm sure when people don't use technology as a tool becomes their life, you know, instead of going to mass, we'll televise mass. Yeah. yeah. We'll have a, uh, uh, we'll have a virtual mass uh, where you mm -hmm. could just, you know, lay in bed and just put it on and just kind of watch it and interact. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, Oh my goodness. Uh, no, no. That, that's not who we are. Because I, I say that, you know, because we see some Protestant uh, churches moving in that direction, kind of online or virtual um, services and things like that. And that's never uh, a thing with a church will be because we always need to gather together as community. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's much the same uh, at, at my parish here in South Bend. Um, recently, uh, they instituted um, adoration uh, on Wednesday evening through, you know, from Wednesday evening at 9 p.m. to, to 7 a.m., there's exposition and adoration. Yeah. And so people sign up for half hour shifts to go and, and pray. Now, I also know that because I have a bookmark on my computer that there is a chapel in Massachusetts that has a live stream of their oh, monstrance. Yes. But you yes. know what? Huh? It's just not the same. Yeah. Even though I'm looking yeah, at the Lord exactly. through the oh, webcam, yeah, yeah. the idea of going to spend time with the Lord at my parish yes. in the middle of the night yes. is completely different than oh. even if I fire up the old webcam in the middle of the night. Yes. It's still not being with the Lord. It's the difference between a, a traveling business person uh, uh, you know, um, uh, making a Skype call from a foreign country or something, 
uh, 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 versus uh, being there with his wife or right uh, you know at, at, at it's a totally different uh, experience yeah and the, again this yeah, comes back exactly. to and you use the word incarnational this comes back to the fact that that god could have actually chosen to redeem us by simply deciding to do so yeah. but instead yeah. he took flesh yes. and emptied himself of all of his power and took flesh and became one of us yes and yeah he didn't send a tweet yeah he or an email oh, or, or instagram yeah, right. <laughs> hashtag you're saved yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well now uh bill i have to ask because something that happens every january is coming up, and I'm blindsiding you because I didn't prepare you for oh, this question. That's all right. But something that happens every January is uh, that the Pope releases a message uh, that we will be thinking about and reflecting on for the next few months. Yeah, uh, and it's a message uh, for the World Communications Day. That's right. Our World Communications Sunday. Right. Um, so tell us a little bit about a little bit, you know, in 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 a minute and a half about this and and maybe what you're anticipating. Ah, okay. Yeah, this will be the 2020 version of a series of more than 50 World Communication Day messages that have been occurring since the document Intermerifica was issued by the Second Vatican Council, which was a, uh, the council's recognition that hey, lots of lots of technological developments are going on back then. And so for, for, for 2020, I'm very eager to see how he expands on all of the communications concerns that, that he's expressed in a very nitty-gritty, pastoral, and I'd say prophetic way. I think he's the only major figure among world leaders who's even addressing these things. In 2018, he talked about fake news and <laughs> journalism, the renewal of journalism, which, yeah. I, which certainly caught my attention and prompted me to self-publish a book about, about my reflections on that. And then in 2019, he talked about the dangers of, of uh, so-called community uh, mm. in uh, uh, social media. And so I can't wait to, to see what comes, and that will be uh, hopefully previewed uh, later this month, and then uh, World Communications Day itself uh, occurs on the Sunday before Pentecost. Okay. And hopefully at one of those points, our Catholic media, and they would be nice if secular media would start catching on to these messages. Awesome. Well, we will bring you back once that message comes I'd out. I'd love we'll, it. I'd we'll love to talk, talk about, about it. it. Yeah, awesome. absolutely. How do Thank people you. find absolutely. your information just very quickly here, Bill? How well, do they connect with you? Uh, I'm, I'm following all of this most uh, uh, closely uh, through my blog and website. It's called onward.net, and it's intentionally misspelled uh, O-N-W-O-R-D.net. Awesome. And uh, also at LinkedIn. Wonderful. Well, Bill Schmidt, communications professional and uh, journalist and podcaster, thank you so much for being with us this week. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you very much, both of you. Awesome. Well, yeah, and how, and how can people stay in contact with us? Well, it's pretty easy, Deacon. All they got to do is go to the Facebooks. You can go to Facebook and type in uh, Living Stones Media. You can also find us at livingstonesmedia.org. And you can download all the previous episodes of the show at moderndayeradio.com. Deacon, we will gather together again next week, but until then, might we have a blessing. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 We'll see you next week here on Living Stones. You've been listening to Living Stones with Ken Hellenius and Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Living Stones is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon. 
For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com.